0: We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you sweet soul. I'm so happy to be connecting with you for a little bit here today on Journey to Center. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be part of your journey. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people seem so unhappy and confused these days, not just in the relationships, but in every area of their lives. So many people seem to struggle with anxiety, stress, worry, and fear. People have been shaken by political, economic, and social crisis, and long for a sense of calm, peace, and connection. That is why I do this show. I so love being a part of empower and offering enlightening information and helpful tools for positive transformation and I so appreciate having conscious conversation with many different teachers and light workers that can bring a sense of clarity, confusion. To confusion and invite the divine into the drama. I also love hearing from you. I've made friends with friends all over the world, including Japan, Brazil, Europe, Australia, New Zealand, and every state in the United States. So I want to thank you for listening and being here with us and being part of the energy that is Empower Radio. I really do invite you to be in touch with your thoughts, questions, show suggestions, and anything else you want to share. Just contact me at TammyBPhD.com. So today I'm happy and honored to be sharing with you a remarkable soul who has birthed an exquisitely beautiful book that bestows a calm sense of kindness and compassion. A decade ago, Eileen Workman experienced a startling spiritual awakening. She chose then to abandon her high-powered, highly paid role in the financial world and opened up to a channeled gift of eloquent soul-stirring passages from what she calls the life force a field of energy of love that transformed her life and her relationship to humanity. Before all of this, Eileen graduated from Whittier College with a bachelor's degree in political science and minors in economics, history, and biology. She began working for Xerox Corporation and then spent 16 years in financial services for Smith Barney. After her awakening, she departed the high-powered world of money and wrote her first book called Sacred Economics, the Currency of Love which directs our attention towards the purposeful design of a more compassionate, cooperative, and abundantly flowing economic system from a spiritual perspective. Her new book, Raindrops of Love for a Thirsty World, is a timely spiritual guide and a touchstone of love designed to help all of us who want it live more peacefully, purposefully, and joyfully as we navigate these very interesting times. So Eileen, thank you for saying yes to a second show with me here on Journey to Center.
1: Thank you for having me back.
0: I'm uh, so excited to be having this conversation with you. Again, your book has touched my heart and help, helped me to go even deeper in that friendship with the divine, which I think is the most important thing we can really take responsibility for.
1: Mm, beautiful. And I'll tell you, the one thing that that is really apparent to me, because I still I pick up the book periodically and, and open to a passage that is heart opening for me just on a random basis. And my experience of it is that the more that I can repattern the inner conversation that I have with myself, the more that I can establish this relationship, this inner relationship with my local personality, ego self, and that deeper spiritual wisdom that is innate to all of us, Mm -hmm. the more that I can be trusting, that I can be open, that I can be compassionate and courageous and kind and patient and peaceful with myself. The more that that is the energy, then that I deliver into the world when I communicate with others, it starts here, it starts inside. Yes, so that's the first love, and that that's, teaches yes. us love from both directions. It's the only place where we can both give and receive love simultaneously, mm-hmm. is within. But and then we and know that's so true. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so many of us think we want to go find someone to love us, and and um, it really can't happen. From the outside in, it really has to happen from the inside out
1: most of the time when we're looking for love outside of ourselves we're looking to be filled we want somebody else to fill complete fulfill us do something that makes us feel like we're whole Mm -hmm. and you know in some cases i know in my case i'll tell a personal story here that i did not love myself for many many years and i was married to my first husband for 15 years very nice person i mean he's a he's a very good man our relationship didn't work in part because I didn't love myself. So I needed to break away. And when I went through this journey of self-discovery, I met another man, my current husband, who fell in love with me exactly as I was and who allowed me the spaciousness and freedom to share with him what I thought were my horrible faults, the worst parts of myself that I didn't love. And I had the courage to say, look at these horrible things I've done. How could you love me? And he said, It's because of those things that I love you, because they all make you who you are. You're, mm. you're amazing. And that gave me the power to fall in love with myself. So sometimes love from the outside can be the mirror that we need to be able to see our reflection undistorted. But ultimately, yes. the journey is inside.
0: Yeah, it, it sounds like he held space for you to um, access love inside of yourself. And I love some of my teachers say, we heal when we bring love and compassion to the places inside that hurt. And he created that, that sacred container for you to be able to do that for yourself.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and oh, I was beautiful. afraid, I was so afraid beautiful. to be honest, of, uh, you know, with myself about who I was, there's that feeling that if you turn around and you look in the mirror, and you've been running from your own dragons for years that you might hate what you see. And the, the hardest step is the one that we take when we turn around and we look in that mirror and say, show me the truth of myself. I'm, I, I'll take it. I'll accept it, even if it's horrific and I can't bear it. And then when you have the courage to raise your eyes and really look at who you are, you discover your own magnificence because you're seeing yourself not from the judgmental perspective of the one who fears they're not good enough, but from that open inquiring space of who am I? Please show me the truth. Yes, and that's
0: and it can can be a process. You know, I talk about opening the Pandora's box. It's going on that Mm -hmm. inner journey. And it's like I did encounter a lot of what I call worms and bats and stinky stuff. But if we keep going, we eventually find the Hope Diamond and we realize the truth and essence of who we are is exquisite. It's a well,
1: journey. Really yeah. <laughs> the beautiful thing is underneath every one of those kind of squishy moments where <laughs> we, we can see ourselves as having done something ridiculously stupid or manipulative or wrong or harmful. Embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Really embarrassing. Yeah, you can see underneath that the little child that was just so afraid and wants to be loved. And I've discovered that when I allow those, those emotions of of fear and shame and blame and guilt and hostility to come up and I try to suppress them, they're like demons down in the basement. going, Oh, let me out, let me out. And they get louder and more insistent and more obnoxious the more we suppress them. That's so true. You know, yeah. So so when we stop and when we allow them to, come forward and really show themselves it's like the monster crawls out from under the bed and you realize it's not a monster at all it's just a frightened puppy
0: Mm. and
1: you give it adequate love and affection and attention and it grows and it becomes this beautiful magnificent thing
0: I, I absolutely agree with you. I've had that personal experience myself and I recommend it <laughs> when we realize there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing inherently wrong with us. There's nothing unworthy about us. Um, I love something um, you say. You you say our primary responsibility is to awaken to the fact that we exist to be the unleashed power of love in this world in action and to find our inner sanctuary and indwell there in everlasting peace. Mm, yes. That's what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> and it's a challenge. You know, if, if you think of it like your your indwelling soul self is the eye of the hurricane and life is the hurricane or, or our experience mm-hmm. of reality is the hurricane. It's spinning all around you. And, you know, if you can stay in that still point and center you can work with the energy of the hurricane. But if you stick your finger out and go into it a little bit more deeply as a person, you'll get caught up and spun around and, and you're back in the maelstrom again. So it's that movement back and forth that we practice until we discover how to firmly root in the ground in the game.
0: Well, Eileen, that's why this show is called journey to center. And that's why mm-hmm. I'm a mandala, um, painter, teacher, artist, instructor, because it is about staying in that eye of the storm, residing in center. And, um, yeah, it was stepping out of that's when you can start to go into that chaos and confusion. And I'm, I'm just, um, really working out that muscle. So I stay in the center more and more of the time and can experience peace despite anything going on outside of Mm -hmm. me. And, um, gosh, it feels really good. It's so, um, liberating. It's so freeing. And a lot of people are in so much um, pain, you know, and, and politics and the economic system in the world. It's like, you know, the most important thing you do is just find inner peace. That's what's going to bring peace to the world. Be the change you want to see. Stop arguing with what is and uh, yes. relax into that sacred space within.
1: Yeah, you can't make peace. You can only extend it. And <laughs> That's that, a great that, that allows- quote. It's true. And the other it's person true. has, the, they're free to accept or reject it. Yep. So the, the key, though, is that when you're extending peace, you can't extend it unless you feel it. So you're already in that state. And you're basically saying, come join me or don't. And you don't you never have to leave it, even if the other person chooses violence as a way of being. I mean, we, we have many ways of being violent with one another. We can be physically abusive if somebody's behaving in a way we dislike. We can be intellectually abusive if we feel somebody's thoughts are challenging our own, or we can be emotionally abusive if we feel that we need to cut somebody down to size so that we can get along with them in a different way, or we can manipulate or control them. So all those forms of of what I call force are the strategies or tactics that we learn from a very young age, how to impact the world and they cause harm. And it's not our fault that we've learned them, you know, we have to unlearn them as we gracefully wake up to the consequences of employing those strategies. And we have to forgive ourselves. You know, we didn't, we didn't necessarily choose them consciously. They were embedded in us. And so that's part of the process. And absolutely, for, for me, there's just a, a quiet stillness that allows whatever is showing up in the world to unfold in the spaciousness that is my awareness And then I respond to it based on what is this that's showing up? Not what does it mean for me? How is it impacting me? What does it say about me? You know, that lens of me, which was very useful and and can be useful in certain limited situations is not the go-to lens for life going forward.
0: That's absolutely true. And, you know, um, a lot of teachers will speak of you know, planet earth being a school. And, and I, Mm. I I agree with that, you know, and, and there's lots of different levels of consciousness and, you know, there's kindergartners, there's grade school, there's junior high and high school, there's graduate school. And, and I think a lot of um, what I'm hearing you talk about is like being able to look at our path and not judge ourselves for being at one point in the second grade or in junior high when we're trying to go to these higher levels of education and and to not judge others for that, really being in that place of um, love, forgiveness, compassion. I think that's been such a big piece of the puzzle. And I know that stuff, those are subjects you write a lot about in your book.
1: Mm, Yes, and and that's very true. And and I also see that there are different different classes, if you will, in this yeah. schoolroom. And some people are very, very good at advancing their intellectual knowledge or capacity to be reasonable into a very adult level of reason, but they may have the emotional maturity of an adolescent. So you know their physical maturity might be that of, of an elderly person. And so we have to have a certain amount of discernment when we're engaging with other people being able not to judge them as right or wrong, but just being Mm -hmm. able to measure what grade Mm -hmm. does it appear? What age are you manifesting at this level of emotionalism? So when we choose leaders or we look for people that we want to be in relationship with, how we determine where they are on that journey, that inner journey of maturation helps us discern whether or not it will be a fruitful relationship for us.
0: Correct. I say all the time, everything's allowed and we're all made with love, but we get to choose where we hang out. We get to choose who we play with, you know, so it's like really, I think, finding our um, shape and taking responsibility for our, um, I guess, growth and healing and and consciousness. And then again, being discerning about who we let close and how close has been very helpful for me.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just because you love everybody doesn't mean you have to hang out with them. There are some people who are at a state of emotional maturation that can be very harmful if you allow it into your space and hang out with it. So there is, uh, you know, that judgment comes in and you can say, hey, I love you. But if you're going to be physically abusive, you don't get to live with me. You know, it doesn't mean that I don't you. Mm -hmm. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not making you wrong. I'm simply saying that you've got some maturation to do before we can have an intimate relationship because trust is a big part of an intimate relationship. And I can't trust somebody that might turn physically violent at the drop of a hat. So how can I be real with you? And yeah, that's and what I'm about is yes, being real. Yes,
0: And it doesn't mean um, I think I'm better than you. It just means I need to protect huh. my connection to source. That's got to be first and foremost. And, um, I really love relationships now that are beautiful balance of giving and receiving and flow where in the past, I, um, wanted to rescue people. And, and on some level, Mm -hmm. I think beneath that was like, it would give me a sense of, um, personal value to be able to like take care of another and rescue another. And I really extended myself a great deal and it, it didn't end up in most situations, um, voting very well. They weren't rescued and I ended up being very depleted. <laughs> so I decided I need to find a different well, way of navigating.
1: <laughs> that's brilliant and you're hitting on the what I call the unholy triad, which is... Oh, I've not the, heard of this. Tell me more. <laughs> yes. This is, this is the ego triad of either we are victim, persecutor, or rescuer. And we're always picking one of those three roles when we're in our ego state, which is the state of self-conscious separation. So if we're a victim, we see the world as doing something to me. Uh, That's the lens of me again. I'm looking, you know, something's happening to me and I don't like it. So I'm a victim. And the victim will often shift places and persecute the person that they see as the persecutor. You're doing this to me. So the only way that I'm going to get out of this alive is to do something back to you that's worse. The rescuer is the one who comes in and triangulates the situation and makes a determination who's right and who's wrong based on the limited amount of information they have about the moment without the whole deep history of this persecution victim relationship that's gone back and forth, back and forth. As you know, you take something as um, current affairs as, you know, our current political situation and what's going on in the world. And what we see is like this, this proposed war that's happening between Muslims and Christians. It goes on for centuries and, you know, a thousand years of history. And yet we try to pick a moment and say, right now, these are the bad guys and these are the good guys. And then the people who are the rescuers are going to ride in and fix it. But the reality is nobody is good or bad. It's just that hot potato of victim and persecutor has gone back and forth, back and forth for eons. And the rescuer isn't going to change that. The only thing that will ever change that dynamic is when both sides wake up and realize that neither is persecutor or victim. They've been playing a win-lose game forever, and it's time to play a win-win game instead.
0: Yes, and I have found um, as I take responsibility to just go higher in my consciousness, I can witness the um, that type of dance with the awareness. It's like their souls are working out whatever their souls are working out, and I can just be in a place of um, compassion and staying really aligned and connected to God, my higher self, and observe it in equanimity rather than trying to fix or participate. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and the, the, the challenge for people who are empaths or highly compassionate is yeah. when we observe suffering in the moment, our, our mission is to bring an end to the suffering. And if that impulse is aligned with life, we do so in ways that don't shame or blame or guilt the one we perceive as persecutor, nor do they mollycoddle or you know, make right the one we perceive as victim. But we find new, novel, exciting, experiential ways to manifest in the world that raise the consciousness of both sides and help them meet at a different plane, on a different plane. Yes,
0: yes. Yes. And I think that happens more and more naturally and gracefully and easily as we simply um, take responsibility for our own connection to the divine. We start being love. So it's not that we're doing anything to change the situation. We're just living from that aligned connection and things shift around that without a lot of efforting. Right. That's been my experience. And it's just so much fun. Life is so much easier as I just live love.
1: Absolutely. And what we're seeing with consciousness, too, is consciousness is moving from this on off, good, good and evil, black and white division. Duality. What I mm-hmm. Duality. <laughs> rainbow. We're starting to see it, whereas is if you thought of it as an on off switch and, you know, I've started to perceive it as a speedometer where zero is off and, you know, 100 percent or 100 miles an hour is on. And I've got this needle. And if I anchor that the center point of the needle in my heart, in, in the center of me in love, I can dial in whatever energy is appropriate for the moment. Because I'm calling on the wisdom of the universe to flow through me and I'm relying on the power of love to know how to transmit. And I know how to be no matter what shows up. It's not what I'm doing. It's how I'm being that qualitatively shifts the energy in the field.
0: Oh, so beautiful. Yes, just living more in that space. And and you write about this in that space of um, co-creation just creating more space for the universe to just dwell within me and um, flow through me. And it's, um, it's really a, an amazing way to navigate through life. It really is just incredible. So many miracles.
1: Maybe there's a profound message in the fact that the universe is only 4% matter and 96% space. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> that we need a lot of spaciousness. And
0: I do, I feel like, you know, my teachers would say it's sort of like when we do our healing work, we remove the, um, boulders and then the bricks and then the rocks and then the gravel and then the sand. And I feel like I'm to, I'm rinsing out my backpack now. I'm knocking off the barnacles and I really want to be just, um, I just want to flow. I just want to travel lightly with, with space, with light, with just presence, with joy, with celebration. And it, uh, life does feel a lot safer and a lot more fun, a lot more celebratory. There's God winks constantly. It feels like um, an exquisite cosmic love affair. And, um, and your book is helping me deepen in that even more. So I'm just profoundly grateful that you said yes to being a conduit um, for this work and for the divine to flow through you. I just have so much um, respect and appreciation for who you are and what you're doing, Eileen.
1: Oh, well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate the positive feedback. That's that's very helpful for me as I go forward.
0: Yes, well, I'm just here to say you're on the right track. You're heading the right direction. You're doing it all right. <laughs> <laughs> just a little wink thank from you. the universe. <laughs> <laughs> so I lean Those are nice to, to keep it.
1: Oh, right. you're toil alone.
0: we need the feedback, you know, Um, we, yeah. you know, I, I, you, you sometimes think, well, people just know this about themselves. But to just take that moment and reflect the appreciation and the beauty back to someone that you perceive, sometimes it's interesting how they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it's such a gift to be able to um, just speak the truth and be able to receive it, just to give them receive that love. So I'm I'm, I'm happy that you enjoy the reflection. mm <laughs> Yes, So, Eileen, how can people get more of you? How can they grab a copy of this exquisite book, Raindrops of Love for a Thirsty World?
1: Well, the book is available through Amazon.com in paperback, and Kindle Unlimited is currently offering it for free. If you have Kindle Unlimited, you can download it for free. Uh, Any bookstore has access to the book, even if they're not carrying it on their shelves. So you can walk into any bookstore and you can order it. If you wish to communicate with me directly, I have a website, eileenworkman.com, and you can reach me through my website, and I'm also an active presence on Facebook. I have several thousand Facebook friends, and I try to be communicative with the collective consciousness on a daily basis through that medium, and it seems to work really well.
0: Yes, I love Facebook, and I just sent you a friend request today, so I hope to continue our um conversation. friendship and energetic um love fest and and keep rippling it out into the world.
1: (laughs) Well I accepted your request earlier. So Oh wow.
0: That was fast. Awesome. (laughs) And um so Eileen, do you have any final words of wisdom or any nugget that you would like to allow to flow through you and share with um our listeners today, our friends here with us.
1: Oh let me let me drop into the title of the book Raindrops of Love for a Thirsty World. I sense, you know, in today's modern reality that, you know, we're feeling the heat, we're feeling the dryness. There's this sense of all pervasive lack that is permeating the human experience. And my invitation is to recognize that the lack is an expression of our inner state of being Mm. and that when we can lovingly shower ourselves with trust, with openness, with courage, with compassion, with kindness, with patience, and with peacefulness, it repatterns the relationship that our soul self has with our local human self. And as we repattern that relationship, it creates opportunities for us to repattern the relationship we have with the rest of the living universe. And by doing so, we become emissaries of love in this world. And some may say, what's the gift? What's the reason that I would want to do that? And I would say the gift is that when we deliver love into this world, it kisses us first. So accept the kiss of love and and deliver it into the world and you'll never be sorry. The
0: ripple is real. Gosh, I love you, Mm -hmm. Eileen. I want to get you back on this show. I just think you're so wonderful, so loving, so present, so patient, so kind. And Remy, thank you for being the producer of this magnificent show. I love you. I love the listeners. I love this forum. So God bless you, my friends. Be in touch with me, TammyBPhD.com. You're in my heart and prayers, onward and upward. Bye for now.